0: Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and welcome to The New Jesus. Um, Our postulate for today, the secret to your habits and addictions is not about the habits and addictions um habits and addictions are one of the secrets of life they're one of the secrets of um psychology they're one of the secrets of medicine okay uh they're and they're one of the secrets i believe of scripture and god's way for us to live our life habits or addict and addictions are a key to where we are where we want to be where we've been all of the above okay so um this could be a key for you i would guess my clients over 30 years what i'm about to share has been a key to probably at least oh i don't know 30 to 40 percent of my clients would, would would tell me this was the key for me this is the thing that put me over the top Uh, the the straw that made the camel's back instead of breaking the camel's back, etc. So maybe you are in that 30 to 40% and today will be the key for you. I hope so. Um, Let's let's bring the board in. We haven't uh, used this in a couple of weeks. And I'm going to pick up where I left off last week. Last week we talked about what I'm calling the fives, Galatians 5 and Matthew 5, the Beatitudes and the Fruits of the Spirit. I believe within those two um, speeches, documents, lists by Jesus and Paul are the secrets to not only maybe our life, but habits and addictions as well, okay? So the fives, Matthew 5, Galatians 5 God's success and happiness formula. I believe. And remember in scripture the beatitudes blessed nine times by Jesus and blessed is sort of a synonym for happiness although not maybe the world the way the world defines happiness things go good I feel good things go bad I feel bad but a joy and peace underlying regardless of my circumstances, even through pain, okay? Uh, So, let's take a look at success and happiness. Is that something you're interested in? (laughs) Success and happiness. Yes, of course, everybody is. So, in Galatians 5 and Matthew 5, it addresses what if you're not doing it God's way? What if you're not living... In a way that Jesus would say, you'll be blessed if you live this way. Or Paul would say, uh, uh, you'll be blessed and happy if you live this way. Or what Paul would say, you'll be successful, you'll bear positive fruit in your life if you live this way. But if you don't, if you live the other way the negative way that Jesus addresses, the negative way that Paul addresses through the opposites of the fruit of the Spirit, which Satan has a counterfeit for each one of them, then, then you're not on a road to success or happiness in that, um, that high road, low road that we've been talking about ever since we started. You're on the, ro- you're on the low road and may not even know it, but you'll probably feel it emotionally, in your body. So what will you feel if you're on the low road? What will you feel if instead of success and happiness, you're going toward failure and unhappiness and health problems, all right? Well, according to the fives, Galatians and Matthew, Jesus and Paul, here's what you'll experience if you're not blessed and successful, because you're not doing it God's way. Satan's deceiving you, you're being tricked, you're on the low road, and you're experiencing not, not, you're not experiencing what God intended in your life. Okay? Which doesn't mean no pain, but it means pain with joy, peace, pain that you go up higher in your life from, pain that is a blessing, not a curse as opposed to following Satan's way, Satan's counterfeit for God's success and happiness, on the low road and experiencing the opposite. So what are the opposites? Okay, from Galatians 5, uh, Matthew 5, selfishness. That includes almost every negative you could ever name right there. All right? But let's go on. Confused. Satan's the father, author of confusion. No discernment. You get into a situation where... Oh man, what is the right move here? I'm just so confused. I can't I can't think. I can't seem to differentiate. That's what comes from do, following Satan's counterfeit on the low road instead of God's success and happiness on the high road. Uh, sadness, lone, uh, loneliness, anxiety, anger. We know anything in the anger family is evidence that you have a wrong goal, which means... Your stress is, your body's in stress mode, and if you're already in stress mode, now your stress is spiked. Okay? Anger, irritation, frustration, resentment, bitterness, any of that stuff, you got a wrong goal. Okay? God's success and happiness are through right goals. Okay? And we've talked about that at length. Rejection, one of the most painful things you can go through. Feeling unsafe, physically or non physically. Guilt, shame, bad. I'm a bad person. I don't measure up. I'm not good enough. I'm not forgiven. I'm whatever, sinful, unforgiven, captive to your desires, captive to the flesh, captive to pain, pleasure. What's another word for captive? Habit or addiction. Okay? So you don't follow God's plan for success and happiness, almost guaranteed negative habit or addiction. Start living God's plan and typically the habits and addictions go away on their own maybe without you even trying to break them. Where before you tried everything to break them and nothing worked because you were doing it on the low road in your own strength and you don't have enough strength. Neither do I. Uh, Outcomes versus process. You're focused on the end results and you can't give up the end results because you're so afraid of what might or might not happen. And the whole deal of us physiologically is love versus fear, okay? And here, you're so afraid, fear, that you can't let go of the end result in trust, faith, hope, belief, all right? Inferior versus just as good as anybody else and very good self-worth, identity, I'm already a citizen of the kingdom, I've got the golden ticket, I'm saved. Uh, Or superior. That's just another side of the same coin. Either one is an indication you're on the wrong road. Um, Revenge, or getting even, or hurting someone. Do you rejoice when great things happen to other people, even people who you've been crossways with or you would consider an enemy? Or do you rejoice when good things happen to them? And... Do you weep and genuinely feel bad in your heart when someone else is hurting, okay? Empathy is the measure of love. That's the definition for it, okay? What is empathy? Feeling another's pain. And I believe it would also be feeling their success and being joyful with them, okay? So is there anyone in your life even if you've not seen them in 30 years, that if you heard something negative had happened to them, you might say, oh, that's terrible. But inside, you would... I'm kind of glad about that. Or you like seeing other people pull down because it makes you feel higher up. Right? Um, but getting even. Revenge. Um, a poor future versus... That great reward for me and inheritance that is guaranteed me. Okay? So here I look at my future and it doesn't look so great. Here I look at my future and it's a completely done deal to the point that I don't have to be afraid of anything and can live completely free, very little stress, love, joy, peace, learning lessons, going up higher, prioritizing relationships. Etc. And punished is the last one. You feel punished, or that you are, you should be punished. All right. Um, I believe God doesn't punish anyone. He allows punishment to occur for those who choose it. Okay. Now, does the buck stop with him? Yes, it absolutely does. So, is he the one responsible for the punishment, you might say, or accountable? Yeah, but it's not what he wanted. He paid your price long ago, all of it. He wants all to come to repentance, all right? So, yes, he might be the one who pushes the button, but he's only pushing the button because you chose it, and I believe when he's pushing the button, he's hurting. He, he feels love and and bad for you because of the the choices that you made. all right? Um, okay, so we talked last week about so that's that's kind of some of the stuff. It's really virtually anything negative. all right? So besides all of these, add um, anything. Negative. (laughs) All right. Now, you experience negative things here, too. But with the joy, peace, power of God, etc. All right? All right. So, last week we talked about, you know, God is the most understated of anyone ever in history. He calls the gospel the purchase of grace, forgiveness, love, justice for you and me good news all right well the bad what's the bad news the bad news is if you choose seek pleasure avoid pain or the flesh and if you do that here's what you get the stuff we went through all right well I believe there's also, we've talked about love A and love B and life A and life B. Life A and life B is kind of how you evaluate your life. Am I having and your day? Was this a good day or not a good day? Am I having a good life or not a good life? Okay? Love A, love B is about are you a good person or not? Alright? So I believe love C and D and we could also call it really love Life, C and D, is circumstances and personal. Okay? Scripture says the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you to all truth. In fact, what Jesus actually said is he was leaving to go to heaven away from his apostles and disciples. Okay? He'd been with them for for years through his ministry. And he is saying... It is better for you if I leave you. I've, I've been with you day and night, healing everyone that came, creating uh, food from nothing, uh, protecting, I mean, you know, everything, everything. I mean, how secure, how secure would you feel if you were with Jesus and knew who he was and were in right relationship with him How how secure or insecure would you feel? I'd feel totally secure. I wouldn't have a care in the world. Alright? Well, I believe that's love, life, C or D. Alright? So, C, love or life, C, is your circumstances. There's no way in this book that we could have every possible circumstance addressed that could ever happen to any one of us. It's impossible. And that's where why it says uh, in Revelation, if everything was written, the whole world could not contain it. All right? Well, that may be a little bit of a metaphor, but I hope you get the point. If, if the whole truth about every circumstance for every person God had put into print, I mean, it would be, you know, and we have enough trouble with, this size right and getting it right all right well that would be almost untenable all right so circumstances all right i come to this circumstance first of all um is there a definitive black and white right or wrong okay if there is then as long as i'm sure about that search scripture pray i i do that all right What if there's not a definitive right or wrong how do i choose which way to go i pray call on god jesus the holy spirit asked to be led and guided to all truth about this situation okay and and i'm i'm happy ready maybe not happy i'm willing to do whatever you want father if you'll just show me what that is, okay? And I wait on the Lord. But then I've also got personal. So maybe in this particular situation, what the Holy Spirit says to me or or indicates to me by thought, by feeling, by however it happens, all right? But if what the Holy Spirit communicates, what if the Holy Spirit communicates to me that in this circumstance in my life to do this would be wrong. Maybe not for anybody, but for me. Alright? Okay, well then what should I do? I shouldn't do it because the Holy Spirit's telling me it's wrong for me even if it's not wrong here. Okay? Alright, well, what if the whole if that happens What if you're in that exact situation, same circumstance, but the Holy Spirit tells you it's okay for you to do that or even the best thing for you to do? Okay, well, that's what you should do. So, wait a minute. So, you mean God might direct one person to do one thing and another person to do the completely different thing in the same circumstance? Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying you'll be led and guide to all truth the truth for you for your success and happiness that's unique to anyone who's ever lived all right and, and it's even more complicated than that because maybe for me you know it, it, let's go back in this circumstance for me maybe the holy spirit said this is wrong For the same circumstance, the Holy Spirit told you it's okay. Well, maybe six months later, I'm in that circumstance again, but this time the Holy Spirit tells me it's okay and tells you it's not okay. Is that possible scripturally? I believe it is. Yes. And the scripture says, if you do something believing that it's wrong for you, then it is wrong for you. And that very scripture indicates that there are circumstances and personal situations where in one situation it would be right and another it might be wrong okay so how do you discern that you can't just discern that by is it pleasurable or is it painful because that's not the right criteria you you define it by circumstances you define it by prayer um, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you to all truth, but you've got to ask, you've got to listen. He t- tends to speak in a small, still voice. And then if, if he speaks, doesn't mean it's going to be audible or anything, thought, feeling, but if you feel like, ah, I think that's, I think that's the Holy Spirit, I think that's Jesus, I think that's God, well, well how would you discern that? Well, first of all, you got to get right. you got to quit living this way. you got to get on that high road somehow. You might have to do some manual healing of your heart junk before you can, but you need to get to a place where you can hear the Holy Spirit. Now, when Satan tends to tempt us, which we've talked about before, and try to get us from... God's grace and being in a state of grace and saved to being not saved. Or maybe he can't do that. He can't keep us from being saved maybe, but he just wants to mess up our life or keep us from affecting anyone else, all right? How does Satan do that? In my experience, Satan tends to speak in my voice. So when I think it, I think it's me deciding to do it. Or thinking that's the best course. When in reality, it's not. The other way Satan does it is by pushing the buttons on my body. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. Lust of the flesh is everything fleshly. Drugs, alcohol, baths, massages, food, drink, um, sleep. Comfort, recliners, blankets, you know, temperature, air conditioning, uh, lust of the eyes, money, and things that money will buy predominantly, pride of life, what's going on in your heart, the intention of your heart, okay? So, you may need to do some cleaning up, but what it comes down to is scripture, Praying like Tevia, which means pray without ceasing. Just pray all day long. Especially turn the negative thoughts, those 80% negative thoughts, research says most of us have, turn every one of them into a prayer. Don't change the words. Just turn them into a prayer and ask God for help. Every prayer becomes a repentance, confession, asking for forgiveness, asking for leading and guiding, and help. All right? Then your conscience. Which Romans 1 says is the law that's written on your heart. However, if you've not been listening to your conscience, it may have become seared. Which means you can't, you have a hard time um, differentiating. Where was that? Um, I know it's here somewhere. Uh, You're confused. You're confused instead of being able to discern correctly. Okay, why? Because, remember, based on the research, 50% of what you believe about your life is untrue. Okay? And you're making decisions consciously based on that 50% lies. And your unconscious mind or spiritual heart always leans to the negative just left to function on its own. Tied to our survival instinct. It only shifts to the positive if we intentionally go there, and commit and choose love no matter what. That's the only exception to that, where the heart or unconscious mind will tend to shift us from negative to positive. And we've done teachings about that um, in the past. Uh, The four steps of grace. uh, The four steps of success. Number one, love. That's on the big board back here. The backdrop. Number one, love. Number two, an intention only for good in everything you do. Number three, do your absolute best with everything you you do. Not 99% your best, 100% your best. And number four, invest every day in relationships and let that be your priority. So the Holy Spirit, Scripture, Tevye prayer, your conscience, the four steps to success and grace... And Galatians 5 says, stay in step with the Spirit. Okay? Well, I'm going to just shift that a little bit to stay in the spiritual. As you walk through your day, try to have the intention. Of always, no matter who who you're with, where you are, what you're doing, staying in the spiritual as opposed to spiritual, mental, physical. Okay, you remember our um, you remember our minus ten to plus ten scale that we've talked about a lot of negative to positive, and how everything is really kind of on a negative to positive. It would really be hurts but for the sake of simplicity, let's consider that, all right? Well, to stay in step with the spirit means I'm, wherever I go, I'm prioritizing, and my intention is to be more in the spiritual than the soul, the mental, or the body, all right? And in my experience, if someone is focused on the body, which could either be pain or pleasure all right they tend to be in like minus five or worse body okay if they're focused on the soul the conscious mind will and emotions they'll tend to be somewhere around zero soul mind and if they're focused and their intention is the spiritual they'll tend to be plus five and above all right so very few people are living predominantly in the spiritual i would say most people live in the soul mental and then when a body thing comes up they kind of um, relapse into that, but then after, after that sinful body thing maybe is over, where I gratified my desires in an unhealthy way, I tend to go back to, okay, my intention now is back on the soul and the mind, and so maybe I go from minus five, minus nine, back to zero, minus one, plus one, whatever, but even, even so, I'm still, there's something missing, It's not horrible, but it's not great either, all right? Where when I'm in the spiritual, really, even when the bad things happen, and they will, I'm still okay, okay? All right, and if you can do that, then God comes, God will be faithful to his promises, And all those things we talked about uh, last week and the week before. The names of God, the character of God, and who God says you are. Okay, those things are the definition of success and happiness. So go back and look at those if if you can't remember what they are, all right? And I believe that is happiness and success, God's way. Emotional well-being, God's way and i also believe it's the only way you can get to happiness success and emotional well-being at a plus five or more out of ten in your life i think it's the only way you can get that high is doing it god's way now if you're just committed to love but without god i'm an atheist but i still believe in love which to me doesn't total make totally make sense but that's We've already talked about that and maybe a discussion for another time. Um, But I believe this is success God's way. And it's largely, um, the word I hear the most is effortless. Not painless. There is pain. But relatively, at least compared to the way they used to live effortless. Okay, the, the physical, we talked about um, up here, there's physical body, soul, mental, mind, will, emotion, and spiritual. The physical, it tends to be anger, lust, pain, pleasure. Down here, what I'm suggesting is do a percentage, all right? What percentage of my day am I focused on the body, physical, which would include um, lust of the flesh, drugs, alcohol, anything physical, anything pleasurable or harmful or unpleasurable to the physical body, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So what percentage of your day are you focused on the body, the physical, what percentage of the day... Are you focused on the soul, the conscious mind, will, and emotions, and what percentage of the day are you focused on the spiritual? Love, joy, peace, prioritizing relationships, those four steps that we um, have been talking about every week and we just referred to a second ago. Do a percentage on that. Do a percentage on an average day. Do a percentage on a really good day. Do a percentage on a negative day. Okay? And I would keep tracking that, okay? Today, what would I say as far as uh, body, soul, spirit? Where was I today in those percentages? And, and, and were there places where I should have gone to spiritual or maybe even mental, but I stayed in body just to gratify myself or, you know, to get away from some pain or whatever, All right. So, I would do a percentage. Okay, we started today talking about habits and addictions. The secret to your habits and addictions is not about the habits and addictions. Sounds kind of crazy, huh? Alright, let me go to some research. And we've talked about some of this before. Um, The real cause of depression has been discovered, and it's not what you think. Harvard The real cause of addiction has been discovered and it's not what you think. And then another one, the likely cause of addiction has been discovered and it's not what you think. All right. So so what what is it? What is the cause of depression? What is the cause of addiction? What is the cause of of those things. Now, we we saw we've been talking about earlier, where the research indicating what's the cause of disease is always your memories. That was the research out of Southwestern University Medical School and Medical Center. In every memory that's causing a problem, there's an untruth. The untruth creates a wrong belief, and your beliefs are the composites of all your memories about that issue. Okay, So you've got all your beliefs about Chevrolet, all your beliefs about church, all your beliefs about God, and sort of the compilation of all of those determines where you fall on the minus 10 to plus 10 and, and scale. So if you've got a bunch of beliefs that say, hey, Chevy is the best no matter what anyone else says, then that's probably what you're going to think. Okay, and feel and say and get into arguments about, all right? And that's why to change that, you either have to be touched by God sometimes or do some manual work with things God has put into nature that we can use to do that, all right? I would much rather be just touched by God. But, but anyway, let's talk about this habit and addiction thing. One in ten... People have a major addiction I mean this is serious life-threatening etc 75% never receive any treatment or help of the 25% that do receive treatment 1 in 10 says the treatment actually helped 9 in 10 say it didn't help at all all right there's a 99% relapse rate with pretty much any major addiction you can name that's going back decades This is interesting. Switch gears a little bit. 70% of people with an addiction or negative habit blame themselves. 16% blame others. 12% don't blame anyone. Okay? 75% of women have a secret that they will never tell a living soul, they will go to their grave before they ever divulge this. They will lie before they ever divulge this. And I believe the percentage in men is even higher. They just haven't done that research yet. Okay? All right? Well, a lot of these secrets are about habits or addictions. Right? Okay? So, if you put those together, somewhere in the neighborhood of 75% of people have a habit or addiction that's a secret that they'll never tell a living soul, but it's controlling their life. They're lying about it, they're doing it more and more and becoming dependent on it, and it's causing them negative feelings, emotions, thoughts, behaviors, etc. Okay, One of the big issues with addictions and habits, especially addictions, is the chemical dopamine, which has been um, compared to cocaine, highly, 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 highly. Addictive. okay? At any given moment in the world, six out of 10 people are trying to break a habit. At any given moment, six out of 10, 60% of all people in the world at any and every moment are right now trying to break a negative habit or addiction. Nine out of 10, Will not be able to break it, and a hundred percent of people will have at least one negative habit that negatively affects their life over their lifetime. So there aren't a whole lot of issues where you can say it's 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 a hundred percent. Everyone is going to have this problem or have to deal with it. Habits, habits, addictions. Virtually 100%. So what is yours? And are you blaming yourself, others, or no one? Are you determined? Man, I will lie. I will do anything. But I will never let anybody know about that. That almost dooms you to repeating it and never being free of it in your life. Okay? So what do you do? Well, I think one of the the things that really helps is to see what is the truth what is the real truth what is god's truth about this thing and i believe god's truth is that these habits and addictions are often love substitutes okay and you're not really addicted to that thing You're not addicted to the chocolate. You're not addicted to the alcohol. You're not addicted to the porn. You're not addicted to reading. I mean, you can be addicted or have a negative habit about anything, a lot of good things. You can have a negative habit. You can eat ice cream every once in a while. I'm an ice cream guy, I love ice cream. You can have ice cream every once in a while as a treat and stay in balance, and it's absolutely fine, even healthy. Or I can eat a half gallon a day and it becomes very unhealthy. Or I can say, no, uh, I gain weight when I eat ice cream, so even though I love ice cream, I'm never gonna eat ice cream. Well, that's too extreme the other way. Okay, that puts me out of balance. Eating the half gallon puts me out of balance. So the only way I can stay in balance, as far as that's concerned, is I love ice cream, so I'm gonna have a treat every once in a while, but I'm gonna keep it in balance. You know what the research says about diets and exercise? We've talked before about the top-selling category of books almost every year is diet and weight loss books, and the people who buy those this year are the same people who bought them last year. All right? Well, why? Why, why, How come it doesn't work? Why don't they finally find one that changes it for them? Why do they keep being so gullible buying the same one? Well, because they're they're blaming, I believe it's because they're blaming, either themselves or others, and, and, and a lot of these 12% who don't blame anyone, some of those people are the ones who've given up, and now they're just kind of laying on the couch eating Twinkies. They tried to have their best life, a great life, probably tried many times, didn't work. Now they've given up. Like the experiments on dogs where when they make it unpredictable, the dog just lays down in the cage and is shocked over and over and never moves. The dogs given up. Because no matter what they do, they can't control the outcome. All right? What God is trying to tell us, I believe, is you can't control the outcome for your own life. You've got to give that to me. That's my job, not yours. He's the one that leads and guides. It doesn't, say, it doesn't say your intelligence will lead and guide you to all truth. It says the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you to all truth. So I believe very often these habits and addictions, they're love substitutes. Meaning what I really want is a great, meaningful, intimate relationship with my wife um, or husband or whoever but i've tried and tried and tried and that's not working and i'm in pain over that so i go watch a funny movie takes my mind off of it for two hours all right or i go eat some chocolate or i go you know because i can't control that but i can control this i can eat some chocolate and feel some pleasure but that's not what god wants what god wants is for us to give him control and Leave the chocolate out of it. Not saying you can't have chocolate, we just said you can as long as you keep it in balance. God made everything and made it very good, all right? But you don't need to make that part of of this, okay? Leave the chocolate out of it and just say, okay, wait a minute, why am I wanting to eat that chocolate? Is it just that I like chocolate and I'm keeping it in balance so it's a good healthy thing? Or is it because I really want a wonderful, loving relationship with my wife, but I can't make that happen, so I do this instead? At least I get a little something that feels good, even if it's not the real thing. And that's what we end up doing, is we end up settling in our life over and over and over and over and over and over and over for fake success and fake happiness instead of the real thing. And we don't realize it oftentimes until we're at the end of the end of our life, and we're out of time. Okay, so what I would recommend is today, what is your addiction or habit? Okay, and what's your percentage of living in the spiritual versus the soul mental versus the body? And in certain situations, does that switch? What's the situation where you switch to more spiritual? what's the situation where you switch to more physical okay and and all of those things can give you insight and you can take them to god in prayer and say please help me increase that spiritual uh percentage and the way i see that um you remember the old charlie brown comics where charlie brown would walk around and there'd be a cloud (laughs) that just followed him everywhere he went or it'd be raining but only raining on him wherever he went it's sort of what I'm talking about, is kind of always consider yourself, okay, wherever I go, whatever I do, whoever I'm with, no matter what, as best I can, I'm going to try to stay in the spiritual. which Which means, these are my guidelines for what I should do, what I should not do, etc. Love, number one. Intention for good, number two. Absolute best number three, invest and prioritize relationships every day. Okay? That is what takes to success and happiness, but not in my own strength. Wait on the Lord from Isaiah, and you will exchange your strength for his, for God's. So now, I'm not trying to do in my strength, but in God's strength. But what's the key to that? I have to wait till he arrives. I have to wait till he chooses the time. That may be 30 seconds. It may be years, depending on what it is. But this is never repealed in Scripture, meaning, okay, if it goes two days, then you don't have to wait anymore. No, it it just says wait. Wait and he will come kind of a field of dreams thing but it doesn't say when or under what circumstances and it may be different again in different situations and for different people okay so the next time you're tempted or or maybe you're not tempted you've done this habit or addiction so much you're not really tempted anymore you just do it without even thinking without resistance It's become your norm, all right? Well, try to stop yourself and say, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this a love substitute? Why do I want the chocolate? Why do I want to do the porn? Why do I want... And what I'm suggesting, it's not because of the taste of the chocolate or the caffeine in the chocolate. It's not because of the porn and what you're imagining. Yeah, that's a component and that's part of it. But what you're really addicted to, I believe, is the chemicals in your brain that have been compared to cocaine and is an absolute rush of chemicals and hormones and brain state when it occurs that is highly, 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 highly addictive. So is your habit or addiction about the chemicals in your brain and not the thing and i believe the answer very often high percentage of the time is yes so when you're tempted by the thing start asking yourself okay whoa whoa, whoa, wait a minute this this i'm either interested in this for pain purposes or pleasure purposes which is it is it pleasure or pain Could be both in some circumstances. Okay. Is it possible that that pleasure or pain is not about the chocolate or the porn or whatever? And if so, what would I be feeling pain or lack of pleasure about in my life that may be related to that chocolate, porn, or whatever, reading a book, escaping here or there, whatever it is? And I believe in most cases... It will come up to you you'll you'll realize it what it is or a good chance that it's this okay well then take that to god immediately oh please be with my relationship with hope please uh please be with my uh feeling of inadequacy at work please be with with my feeling of of not being as smart as other people or as attractive as other people Father, please help me with, and, and the addiction or habit that is the substitute I'm choosing because of that pain or lack of pleasure. Okay? And uh, I would ask God to heal that. I use some of the manual tools we've done. If you want to use the uh, True You test, uh, it should tell you what your love substitutes are. Okay? And to what extent, minus 10 to plus 10, how powerful they are you can also take the true you answering every single question in regard to nothing but your addiction or habit and see how that comes out all right and then work on that work on whatever comes up the true you for that work on that with the manual tools or in prayer and giving it as a sacrifice to god waiting on the lord okay Um, we, uh, we talked about the the studies saying, from Harvard and others, saying, hey, the cause of addiction, the cause of, um, uh, depression, the cause of habits, the cause of illness and disease, the cause of, okay, is not what you think, all right, we've already talked about that, we've already talked about this one too, but I want to hit it again, What exactly happens when you watch porn? And um, I believe pornography may be the biggest addiction and negative habit in the history of the world. It's an absolute epidemic. Um, The statistics I've seen are that upwards of 80% of people uh, have done porn or do it on a regular basis. Uh, I mean, it's just unbelievable. Way beyond, I believe, any other addiction. And so they were studying it because it's become so big. Now, some people don't think it's an addiction or a habit. They think it's absolutely normal and fine. Okay, I disagree with that. It's objectifying a person for money or for, in this case, sex. And another indication that it's a sin or not okay is that very often when people are addicted to porn and do it a long time, they lose... They lose their desire, well, no, I shouldn't say it that way. Their desire for porn is greater than desire for healthy sex. And man, that is, you want to use a popular phrase? That's messed up. Okay, well... Has that happen? Your unconscious doesn't differentiate between what's real and what's imagined. It treats it all as true. The difference is, in your imagination, usually the situation is perfect and 100% under your control. Which is never how it is with real sex. But the real sex has the potential to be explosively pleasurable and satisfying, Where the porn is absolutely 100% sure to make you feel worse long-term. Okay? I believe it's, it's an act of selfishness. Okay? This person needed money or wanted money, and so they did something they probably would rather not have done and maybe even feel bad about it or talk themselves into feeling okay about it or whatever, and I am going to use that just to gratify myself and nothing else, okay, thinking things about that person I'm looking at on the screen, and that's someone's daughter or son or whatever, okay, made by God in the image of God for love, joy, peace. Well, and I'm using them just for selfish desire, okay? Well, maybe you say well that was their choice though probably not just an out and out choice probably felt to some extent like they didn't have much choice at least most of the people addicted to that that i've worked with okay so what scripture says is realize what's really going on it's not about the alcohol it's not about the chocolate it's a spiritual battle Satan wants you in failure and misery. God wants you in success and happiness. His kind of success and happiness and promises he'll do that in your life if you let him. Okay? But choosing the addiction or the negative habit over and over and over and over and over and over and over, and over, and over is not waiting on the Lord. It's saying, no, no. I can't take it any longer. I'm not going to wait for the real thing anymore. I'm going to take the substitute because I don't know if or when this real thing will ever even happen. So I'm going to take my bird in the hand rather than two in the bush. All right? Well, what you've just done basically is instant gratification versus delayed gratification. In every study that has ever been done back to the 40s and 50s on instant versus delayed gratification is that they are a measure of success and happiness or failure and misery. The research, the scientific research, not the religious research, not biblical research, the scientific research. The scientific research says you choose instant gratification and virtually every negative outcome you could name can come from that. You choose delayed gratification and virtually every positive outcome that could ever happen can come through that. Like what? Um, instant gratification versus delayed gratification is an indicator of uh, intelligence. It's an indicator of um, health. It's an indicator of Uh, how much money you'll make of how happy you'll be later in life of how your relationships will be close and harmonious or conflicted we've read the USA Today uh, front page study out of Denmark that if your relationships are healthy and harmonious you have a 300% less chance to get an illness and disease and die by middle age in other words you have a 300% greater chance to live to old age healthy. On the other hand, if your relationships are conflicted, you have a 300% greater chance to get a disease and die by middle age. Well, what's the basic root? Instant gratification versus delayed gratification. Faith versus unhealthy control. I'm going to do it versus I'm going to give it up to the Holy Spirit. I'm going to do it and get whatever I can, when I can, or I'm going to wait on the Lord for the real thing instead of settling an instant gratification for a substitute. So, chances are you've got an addiction or habit. Remember that number, 100% in their lifetime? Okay? And 9 out of 10 people... Um, right now, at least a negative habit, and six out of 10 are trying to break one right now, chances are you're, you're here somewhere, okay? Are you choosing the real thing or are you settling for a cheap substitute? Well, remind yourself the addiction and habit is not about the thing, it's about the chemicals in your brain. In other words, you're being tricked. Okay? And typically you're falling for it over and over and over and over and over. The chemicals in your brain are always going to be short lived and only satisfy you for a very short period of time. They're cheap substitutes. Okay? So, the fives God's plan, God's guarantee for ultimate success. And happiness God's way comes from choosing the real thing not the substitute. Waiting on the Lord. And then giving it to Him. Alright. and Using some tools. Use our manual tools. Holy Spirit, Conscience, the four steps as your filters, the Tevye prayer. Stay in the Spirit. Wherever you go, whatever you do. Spiritual is around you like a bubble everywhere you go. And we can absolutely have that, I believe, scripturally. God is all and in all. Well, is this space part of all? Yes. I am one with Jesus, the mystery of the ages. He is in me. I am in him. We are one. I'm seated with him in the heavenlies. He's here in me now. And the Holy Spirit, my my body, is the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in me to manifest his, his fruits, success, to comfort and counsel me, to lead and guide me to the truth for me. All right? So, is it possible that, yeah, with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit, that in any and every situation, I can wait on Him, choose the real thing, not the substitute, and have these things diminish in my life and keep moving farther and farther and farther from the minus 10 to the plus 10 internally and more and more a life of success and happiness God's way. How you doing on the fives? Let me take a look at one other uh, study here and it's one that was very controversial, came out in 2019 from the University of Liverpool. When I tell you, and we've talked about it before, you'll know why it was controversial. Because what they found at the University of Liverpool is that a psychiatric diagnosis is scientifically meaningless. Now, why am I bringing this up? Because we're at a time right now, you know, coming out of COVID... Where everyone is stressed, everyone is looking for solutions, and the counseling, therapy, and coaching business has just exploded. Okay, in fact, uh, universities and and places that you go to get that training, a lot of them are having to turn people away or bring on extra teachers or something because the demand is way more than it's ever been. Um, why? Because the demand in the workplace is more than it's ever been. More people are stressed and having trouble and looking for help than they have ever been. And, and one of the obvious places for anxiety and stress is counseling, therapy, and coaching. But based on the research, a, di- a, 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 a professional psychological diagnosis is meaningless. Why? Well, what they found is that what you're diagnosed with, there's a high likelihood the diagnosis is wrong. You've really got something else, or you've got this and something else, or you've got this, but that's not the source of the problem, okay? Well, how could that be? It could be because there's never in history been a single double-blind study on counseling therapy or life coaching. It would be unethical. You'd have to give the control group The wrong advice, which could hurt their life, which means it's unethical. Okay? And you can't do it. All right? So the standard for determining in in mainstream medicine and psychology whether something works or not is the scientific method. Double-blind with a placebo group, controlled, randomized, independent, university, all that sort of thing. There's never been one of those in the history of counseling, therapy, and coaching. All right, on the other hand, what I've been trying to help, the way I've been trying to help people for the last 21 years, we have six double-blind studies, university, independent, have nothing to do with me, published in peer-reviewed journals, all indicating not just a significant difference in this kind of stuff but a dramatic difference. The medical testing indicates an 87 to 98 percent effectiveness within 30 minutes. Now that's not to pat me on the back. I believe I was given those things by God, all right? Because why? Because God made everything and made it very good. And if we use it for good, giving him credit and gratitude, we sanctify it. We clean it. Okay. So those are the manual things you can do that I've been talking about: the belief profiling, the healing code trilogy, rapidized stress release, the alpha inducer, um, vagus nerve breathing, and a number of other things. And you can find a lot of these on the on the uh, on this site. They're put into the notes or the chats or Whatever, so check those out, and, and and we're we're giving you all of them for free, okay? But again, I would always wait and give God a chance to work first. And and I'm gonna say one more time. We we'll talked about this in great in great depth. Uh, Oswald Chambers, who wrote, uh, I believe, the number two best-selling book in the history. of of the, of the world or, or in religious or spiritual books or some, some category to the Bible, all right? Sells like millions every year. My utmost for his highest. Written by Oswald Chambers decades ago. Like the 50s, 60s, something like that. But unbelievable the truth and insight he had. And what he said about this passage, Second Corinthians 4.10, is that when we experience pain, which is what usually drives us to addictions and habits. When we experience pain, we, we have to wait on the Lord, okay? And he and what Oswald says, and you can read this right in, my most for his highest, is that when that painful thing happens, I should turn to the Lord and say, Father, Lord, I would be delighted to obey you in this, even if it's horribly painful. Okay? I would be delighted to obey you in this. And Oswald says that if I will do that, that Jesus will immediately move to the forefront of my life. You might think of the steering wheel. And Jesus, the life of Jesus will manifest in my mortal body. Okay. Well, when I used to have acid reflux, you think it would have helped at all if the life of Jesus was manifested where that acid reflux was? I do. When I'm tempted to do porn or some addiction or habit that's a love substitute and out of balance, If I wait on him, if I will turn to him, give it to him, Lord, I'd be delighted to obey you in this even though it's killing me because my love for you overrides the pain. And I'm going I'm to be faithful to these ways of living my life your way rather than the seek pleasure, avoid pain way, the fear way, all right? And would his life, would, would, would Jesus at the steering wheel of my life, he'll move to the forefront of my life, Oswald said, with him steering me, am I gonna be on the high road or the low road? With him steering, I stay on the high road. Okay? So, um, next week I think I'm going to start here on this wait on the Lord, 2 Corinthians and how that practically applies to breaking habits and addictions, okay? But really meditate over this this week is your addiction or habit not about that thing, but about the chemicals in your brain. Are you really addicted to the chemicals in your brain. And what the porn research found is that when you think about doing something that you believe is wrong for you, which is the case typically in porn, maybe not 100%, but typically, all right, when you you imagine doing something you believe is wrong, the hypothalamus in your brain doesn't release the love chemicals only, doesn't release the fear chemicals only, it releases all the chemicals at the same time. And it is a tidal wave rush that maybe is only secondary to orgasm as far as a physical pleasure in this life. So you see how those might go together, all right? Um, but, but, I believe, more times than not, you're doing the habit and addiction for the chemicals, the rush, not because of the thing. Well, how dumb is that? Okay, you're, you're, you're building a swing set, and someone comes, oh, hey, you're building a swing set, what's that for? Oh, it's to hang laundry on. What are you talking about? That's not, that's, not, that's not what that's for, okay? Well, this moment in your life, very likely, is not for you to choose the substitute. It's not for you to choose the seek pleasure, avoid pain. It's not for you to choose the, the pleasure of the rush in your brain. It's for you to show your faith which is really God's faith, it's one of the fruits of the Spirit, it's in us and through us, it's a time to wait on the Lord and show that I'm committed to the good news. I'm committed to the Holy Spirit leading me, the the leading and guiding of my conscience, the four steps of grace and success, uh, praying without ceasing, um, and God five C's. I'm committed to that. And in this situation, how do I choose that rather than the love substitute? Well, it helps to know exactly what you're doing and why. And I believe for most people, they're being deceived into believing it is about the chocolate or it is about the porn or it is about the reading. I just really love to read. No, you don't. You're trying to get away from this other bad feeling and that distracts you or makes you feel a little pleasurable because you like the book, okay? It's an escape. It's a substitute. All right? Well, do you want to get to the end of your life and say, I live my life all about substitutes, or you want to get to the end and say, yeah, I found what was real and lived it. Not perfectly, but I did with with God's leading and guiding and strength. Okay. Well, think about it this week and why you're really doing what you're doing and that if you're falling into that trap here's the result and here's the result as, far, as opposed to God's guaranteed fruit success and blessed happiness. Have a wonderful day.